I Don't Know What the Fuck I'm Doing podcast. We are your hosts, Anastasia. And David. If this is your first time listening, this is the podcast where we humorously normalize uncertainty. We encourage and support entrepreneurs who are determined to crush it anyway. New episodes are released every Tuesday and Thursday. We cover three areas of topics in the podcast, including business, health, and relationships. We also interview guests with successful business owners who tell their what the fuck stories and share some resources to help you keep doing something. So let's all explore how no one really knows what the fuck they're doing. So welcome back, everybody. We are doing a wonderful topic (laughs) full of light, fun, and excitement. We're talking about depression. Yeah. 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 Which is something I feel every single person on this planet probably has dealt with this last year because mm-hmm. we are just entering into 2021. Thank goodness we're yeah. out of 2020. But I also feel like sometimes we're either entering 2020's Big Brother or. Yeah, we'll know. We'll find bit. out here. <laughs> Probably like a couple, what, a week into January when we're recording this. So yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But. We wanted to talk about depression, and disclaimer that we wanted to bring in with this topic is David and I both, we've talked about in previous episodes, where we have trauma blocking. So there's different types of traumas that people have, and with blocking, we are people that do not like to admit that we have problems or really address the problems. We like to hide them away and tuck them deep down. Put them in a little box right in the middle of my chest. my trauma that I'll never address. Yeah. Well, David and I are definitely addressing these things, but this and is it's, a topic that's hard. It's not us. an intentional thing that we do. It's mm-hmm. just how we deal with um, stress and uh, what is another word for stress? Anything that's less than Mortal nurturing. <laughs> yeah. So we just <laughs> ignore it. So we can't even see it. And so we don't feel it affecting us. Yeah, we can go numb pretty easy yeah so this is going to be an interesting conversation because it talks about something we literally avoid yeah um instinctually so mm-hmm. even before we started pressing record we're like what do we talk about? <laughs> how do we talk about this what we yeah. can't even you know we like, know we want to talk about it because it's it's yeah. we all felt it this year or mm-hmm. last year and so but we were like well what about it like how to deal with it and i was like I don't deal with depression. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know when I was depressed, you know? It's like, such an interesting topic. So we're going to try and navigate this as best we can. So maybe if you guys have ideas, put it in the comments or wherever the show notes is on this, go to our social media and give us some tips. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think we're all all in this together in in a lot of ways. And I want to give my thought of, like, why. One big reason I don't, I personally don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. It's because I don't have a language to understand the internal feelings of depression to associate it with the thing that they call depression. So that was, that was one big thing I learned this year in 2020, last year, last year. I got to get used to saying that. So weird. Yeah. Because 2020 was a long decade. So forever. Yeah. So yeah. It's hard to say 2021. I'm typing it in my notes and stuff and I'm like 2020. Wait, no, no, 2020. Still that stage. Anyway, but yeah, it was last year. Yeah. So everything shuts down. Um, I'm home alone all the time. Uh, it was actually TikTok that gave me some language mm. to help me understand ADHD. So terms like hyperfocus, um, object permanence issues. We talked about how um, 
just so the, the post that got me was someone was describing how they go about their day mm. and their entire day is them trying to do the thing they're trying to do. <laughs> and I was like, I laughed and I showed it to my friend and yeah. I was like, Hey, is this guy is talking about what everyone does? And she's like, no, no one does that. <laughs> I was like, no, but this is a thing. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about it in another episode, but it was just this language. And I was like, Okay, there's these things. Uh, another one is uh, rejection-sensitive dysmorphia, Whoa. which is a neat one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't – I didn't – so before 2020, I didn't really think ADHD existed. Mm. Like, I knew it was this thing that happened to some people, but I thought it was just way overdiagnosed so that drug companies could give children uh, meth. Mm. Which I don't, I still think that. <laughs> I do. But um, I think it is actually a bigger thing, but we just don't have language to describe how it affects people. Right. Um, I don't have the words to even begin to understand depression, and it's not something I've ever looked into. Um, but understanding ADHD made me understand people with chronic depression, mm -hmm. not just, what's the opposite of chronic? Mm, acute? acute? Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. we would say, like, a lot of people had acute depression throughout the year, um, which is what I personally experienced. Mm. But it gave me a, uh, having chronic ADHD gave me a deep respect for people with chronic depression. I just don't understand it. In the two. Just a brain. Yeah. Their brains were Because it's different. all about dopamine levels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how you can have acute and then chronic depression. Yeah. Right. Because in my world, I feel like I definitely ebb and flow through the years with acute depression. Okay. But like you have it for point, a long time though? Um, I mean, or just like... it's a fine a long time, right? Is acute, you know, just six months? Is it one year or is it 10 years or is it three days or mm -hmm. is that chronic? Like what, where is that border? So, um, right. I bet someone knows. I bet someone out there yeah. knows with the psychology background. So for you though, like how long bouts do you feel it? Or So for me, I feel my depression actually was a precursor in 2019 mm -hmm. because I was very unhappy with where my business was going. I was very was unhappy with what I was doing. You're coaching? Yeah, I was coaching okay. and consulting and it just, it was running out of its course. You know, mm -hmm. I had let it go a little bit too long. I wouldn't say horribly long. It was just like a few months longer than it should have been. Okay. And so I was really getting into my feels and I was just like, mm -hmm. I am not happy with what I'm doing. I want to do something different, even though I don't quite know what that is yet. Mm -hmm. And so I need to stop. So that was like burnout mm -hmm. and then almost, you kept going, burnout. right? It was almost burnout. It was me being very aware that I am definitely getting to the point of burnout, but I had to okay. fill, fulfill contracts and I was going to do that. Gotcha. And so that was kind of where I was like, I hate doing this, but I love my clients, but I hate doing this, yeah. you know? And so we talked about retail and that's the thing in retail. Exactly. In the last episode. You love it. Like, I love my customers, but I hate everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so it was starting to become almost resentful. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I definitely need to stop this. And so that was like November of 2019. Okay. Um, and then we entered into a new year and I was like, this will be my year of play. And it was just, I'm not going to have any expectations on myself, any expectations on business. I'm just going to play with projects. And, and then 
And then I got depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Because <laughs> um, that sounds like a really fun start. You're like, right. I'm going to play. This is going to be fun. It's going to be great. Fun. I'm transitioning. And, well, actually, COVID was very helpful for me in the beginning because yeah. I was actually going to enter into taking over a publication, mm-hmm. which would have been a horrible thing for me if I had continued through that. Yeah. COVID gave me, um, and amongst other things that were happening in my personal life, but gave me a good halt to stopping that because I was trying to push myself into something that wasn't actually natural for me. And so natural or authentic mm. to my journey. Okay. Um, obviously this is all retrospect. So funny how we do that. Yeah. yeah. So COVID happens and I play with projects, you know, I do various things and I was having good fun. I was up in mm. the mountains. I was away from the city. So I wasn't in isolation like, like you and maybe lots of others. Yeah. Um, I was able to have some free reign where my family lives. So I was doing that and that's a great, keyword distraction mm. and also I guess you could say a delay to the inevitable <laughs> okay. of uh, entering into a type of depression mm-hmm. and for me my because you know you call me what I am I'm Aquarius I'm I'm this I'm that I am all about being a free spirit mm-hmm. so if you tie me down <laughs> I just die it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad and um, I like, wanted like holding a cat Exactly. <laughs> it's good for like a minute it's and like, then the you know, claw your face when off. I come over, no, don't ask me to come over. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to travel. I wasn't really able to dive into a lot of subjects I wanted to go into because of COVID. Everything mm-hmm. was locked down, shut. And it was really just a matter of survival at that point, right? Just trying to yeah. get to the next day, trying to get to the next day. And it wasn't until really October, November ish where I had entered into. An, an area where I had to admit I am actually depressed. And I yeah. just, I was literally like for a couple of weeks, I didn't leave the couch. Yeah. You don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause That's I agreed to this podcast and I was just like, I'm going to do the minimum Yeah, and I'm going to do this stuff, but I'm just I'm literally going to sit on the couch Okay. and watch TV and maybe drink a beer. I didn't drink much. I'm not a drinker when I'm depressed. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was very depressed and I'm coming into hmm. coming out of it now, but hmm. it, it was a delayed admittance to depression because okay. it definitely happened before then. It was just, I'm going to be distracted. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and survive and then do this and then do that and just say, yeah, I'm just figuring things out. No, yeah. I'm fucking depressed. Interesting. So, uh, there's a delay, but because of everything that was happening around the world, yeah, of course there's a delay. You're trying to get it figured out. You're trying to mm-hmm. stay busy, you know, and so you're in a way going numb is a survival tactic. It is completely a survival tactic, yeah. especially for us trauma blockers. <laughs> so for me, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I had like a pretty tumultuous end of 2019 because I ended that relationship. So broke up with a girlfriend, Mm -hmm. moved out, got a new place. Um, had a bunch of drama around that. And then, uh, I had a job at that point as well. Um, lost that job, which was actually great. Uh, and I knew it. It was great you for both of us. You know you're meant to leave when you're excited to be fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was ridiculous um, all around. But so that was actually the good part. And I had income coming in outside mm-hmm. of that. So it wasn't even a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had this plan, right? So I was going to take 
the Colorado Mastermind, turn it into like the big, I had kind of mentioned it on the last one, turn it into this big uh, high-end coaching package. Really excited about it. Um, then COVID happened and shut everything down. Yeah, and you're all about meeting. All about meeting. So I've got yeah. a wine club that meets every month. My mastermind was meeting three times a month um, in person. And like I'm a strong introvert, but I, I really thrive off of the in-person events. Those once a month social <laughs> things you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it, host it, have fun, then I go, right? <laughs> Recover for all, the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's important yeah. to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Like everything shut down. So I couldn't translate the energy of in-person masterminds onto Zoom. I tried it a couple times and it just didn't. I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I hated it. Yeah. Um, it's just ironic. Fast forward to our watch party. Well, that was, like, yeah, true. The thing ever. But it was a little different because <laughs> a lot different energy. There were so many people there. The interaction mm-hmm. was great. And it was my first like real thing in a year, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was just like, it felt so, and like this, we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And it's not just everyone's virtual and I'm in my living room <laughs> on this makeshift. With your, like, fancy background, but trash everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The camera can't see. Literally, yeah. And that was huge because, like, my home is my, it has one energy. And when you bring work into the home, yeah. it messes up that energy, even though I, like, closed off the space. Mm-hmm. So I stopped doing that. I stopped doing all mastermind stuff. Um, and I drank. And it was okay, because day drinking was totally socially acceptable. Okay. All right. Just pointing that out there. TikTok said so. socially acceptable doesn't <laughs> mean it's good. <laughs> True. Right? And that talks about, we'll talk about, like, what is normal okay. Yeah. So it was about June, I think I was, like, in it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I kind of realized I was depressed. Um. But I think the heaviest part was like the April, May when just everything was, I couldn't do anything. So I just stayed home, stayed up all night, played Minecraft mm-hmm. and drank until I passed out. <sighs> Good old trauma blockers. Yeah. <laughs> Using external stimulus you know, to, uh, things, we're going to drink a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you <laughs> noticed it October. Mm-hmm. Um, I admitted it. You admit it. I'm sure I can tell you. I probably noticed it before then, but again, blocking. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What, was there something that like sparked you to admit it or notice it? You know, it was because I was officially not living with anyone else at that point. And so I could just literally just be my, my, me, myself and I, no distractions. Yeah. And, you know, I've lived with myself before, but I was living with family. And then I transferred mm-hmm. to Denver and I was again with family for about a month and a half until they moved on with their RV Yeah, because they're full-time RVers. So I'm in their house um, taking care of it while they're gone. And it's a big house <laughs> for one little person and dog. Yeah. And Every so, dog. right. And so it was, you know, it's just me, myself and I, a lot of people weren't really on the phone that those two weeks either, which was helpful for me Yeah, because then I could just deal but it so was, was it, just being alone and being able to, again, not have distractions, talk to people, deal with people, and I could just sit. So you sat and you were like, and just one day you were like, hey, I'm depressed. Or was it like, you're like, well, I don't want to get off the couch. Excessive I must crying kind of was a point <laughs> to <laughs> okay. pay attention to. Okay. It was just a lot of tears, a lot of crying of like, I, you know, I'm not able to move in the space I want to be able to move into. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and I'm, I'm 
kind of done feeling like floating and playing in these areas, which were needed for mm -hmm. sure. But it was time for me to be like, I need to work through a couple things and then move forward. And that was around the time where I started um, really feeling into some shadow work, as they call it, mm -hmm. where it's a lot of uh, fears and things that have developed in the past that you're not addressing. And okay. I didn't know at the time, I mean, I'm going to get into that here, because mm -hmm. um, you actually don't know this either, but... I love it. I love it when sentences start <laughs> with that. This is why he does the podcast. Just like, <laughs> no <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm very transparent, so I'm like, whatever. Um... But it was, uh, it was just kind of like the beginning of really dealing with something that I, that I haven't really fully dealt with that I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And were so, you working with the coach? This no, or was it like no, no, a no. program? No, it was your just own thing. Me, myself, my myself, and tears and okay. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Swimming in my tears. Um, no, it wasn't in, until what was that? Early December before Thanksgiving. I don't know. I had I have a guru. I love her to death, mm -hmm. uh, Adrian Wagner. She is my guru because not only does she, is she a licensed therapist with a master's degree and all that, but she also does a lot of kind of the woo-woo work with reggae and um, the spiritual side in that way. Mm -hmm. So she brings a lot of good balance of East versus West in terms of psychological therapy. Okay. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so she's my guru good. since 2013. So I had a one-off uh, chat with her because I kind of do these things called tune-ups just about every year or two, mm -hmm. you know, reconnect with her and we'll have a tune-up session. Okay. Or two. And in this session, I was like, I'm just depressed. I'm, I'm like, I can't move forward. And I don't, there was like this self-worth issue that keeps coming up for me. Okay. And I knew that was my foundational fear. I feel like I'm not worthy for X, Y, and Z, you know? Okay. Um, and I always kind of, and I have issues, daddy issues, like many people out there. Okay. My daddy issues is my dad left per se, when I was five years old, he went to prison. Mm -hmm. And um, that was actually a few times in prison, but I was five and I was cognizant of what was happening. Okay. So I was five, he's in prison, mom and dad are getting divorced. And I was dealing with his abandonment issue because I kicked him out of my life when I was eight, when I found out the truth about my dad, which we'll probably talk about in a second. Um, okay. When I was eight or eight to 10, somewhere in there, I kicked him out of my life until I was 18 when they found out he was dying. So... Let's wrap that whole package into yeah. a statement or two. That was two. some heavy Right? Heavy this is going to be my Anastasia episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I dealt with the abandonment issues with my dad because he wasn't in my life. So there's always this abandoned child and kind of not disorder symptom, but thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had really worked a lot through that. And I repaired a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have this regret like my half-sister on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't. And she actually wished she did. And so he passed away with reconciling me, forgiving him, and forgiving myself for all the hatred I held on to him for a long time. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered with Adrian is when I was five, or no, excuse me, eight-ish, um, that is actually a period in your life when you're a kid, mm -hmm. when you no longer, when you're starting to detach from identifying yourself mm -hmm. and your parents as one thing, yeah. to now you're getting a lot more individualism. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like that pivotal moment in my life where I found out my dad is not a good person. Okay. And this is why. And when I found that out, it really crushed my world to make me feel like I come from badness. I will always hmm. be bad. Therefore, I don't deserve. Interesting. Right. Okay. So it's this interesting tie that I've had. And when she literally worked me through that, mm -hmm. I just immediately bawled. 
Yeah. And that's a key indicator for me at least that it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is an issue you have not dealt with. Okay. So it was, I had to go through that sitting with depression, even though I didn't deny it for a while, <laughs> have yeah. two weeks of just being like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And then having that tune up session to be like, this is why I don't continue on with something. I'm never really moving into a space. That's truly something I want to continue with forever. Okay. You know, it's always this switch and go kind of stuff, which is fine. Right. But it's always this, I will only go to a certain point Mm -hmm. because I'm bad, therefore I don't deserve. Yeah. So, and I knew the self-worth issue was there. I just didn't quite know what it, what was the self-worth issue initially that got me there. It's a strong root, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very formative time. So I would call it the wounded child is before that. And then the adapted adolescent is that pivoting point. Yeah. Right. And so people get stuck in those stages. Mm-hmm. Most people are stuck somewhere in one of those two. So it sounds like you were stuck in that adapted adolescent. I call it the rebellious in adolescent. A, in, a, in a very subtle way, though. Yeah. It wasn't as apparent because this whole, like, abandoned child people would tell me about. And it was mm-hmm. true. And I worked through that. I really did. Mm-hmm. And so the abandonment side I really healed from and forgave. But I didn't know... That I identified, identified as a bad person. I always felt yeah. like there was something more going on, but I could never figure out what it was. I had a similar experience with one of my coaches when I did um, my intensive that I think we talked about. Their right? trauma weekend? Yeah. 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 Um, I had said, like, I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Because when I was growing up, I was always told I was a bad kid. But there's really no such thing as a bad kid. Right. Right. There's kids who are expressive. There's kids who have energy. There's mm-hmm. kids who like to, you know, do their own thing in class, but they're not Unless bad. Unless you're crucifying chipmunks, you're fine. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, I've yeah. grown up my whole life thinking I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I didn't get X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And just that term, that switch of like, there's no bad kids. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I understand. I can, that like, mm-hmm. that's a huge eye opening situation. It is. And Yours is a little deeper because you came well, from bad. Right. I feel like I was literally born. Quote unquote. From bad. Yeah. Not developed or was yeah. just, you know, was inherently bad. Somewhere. was bad. Yeah. Like, I was like always trying to be the perfect kid. Yeah. And so this bring brought a lot of like, oh. Because you wanted to prove you weren't bad. Or why that I was think? worth something. Yeah. I was worth keeping around. You okay. Know? My the, so the badness that I felt like I was literally born from was not just because my dad went to prison, mm-hmm. right? My dad was in the in the area of sex offender, and so now he that. never touched anyone. This is where it gets weird in the area. He never touched anyone. He would flash himself in front of people, expose his bits, right? Mm. And it was in a way of control, not humor. So it's not like, you know, the Academy Awards where someone ran across naked, right? That's funny in a way. Right. It's literally like, I'm going to go over to my neighbor who's a woman living by herself. I'm going to go over there and stand in her yard and just like flash myself to her to where she feels like she's threatened and her life is about to end. Yeah. Even though he's not going to do anything about it. Super weird. Yeah. But it comes from being sexually abused as a kid. So there's no confirmation in our family that we have, but there's a lot of stories. And even my dad was forced to go to counseling Mm -hmm. um, after his first offense when my mom was married to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she stuck with him for five years with all this crap. Okay. So um, when 
he was doing therapy and stuff like that. My mom discovered that he most likely was sexually abused as a kid by other boys, mm -hmm. probably from his other brother's friends. Okay. And, um, and this was like, you know, the, the fifties, you don't talk about that stuff right. Not in Arkansas. Yeah. Totally right? different. You don't talk about that stuff, especially with dad in the military. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't talk about that shit. So he never dealt with it. So he like always mm -hmm. continued this behavior when things got stressful or rough, like many of us do, we, we will go to drink, we'll mm -hmm. do some bad behavior, we'll go get, you know, laid by somebody or whatever or it pick is. Pick an argument with someone we care pick about. Pick an argument or just go find a customer service person and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or go buy something. Listen to our last episode. A lot of people um, do actually go buy stuff. Or go buy stuff. Or yell at, like, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll go into some sort of coping, right? Yeah. What my dad did was to get rid of any responsibility and end up in prison. So was he doing it to get arrested? Yeah, in a way. He did it because like, it gave him a sense of power and control mm -hmm. but then it resulted in him always going to prison where he had literally no responsibility right but to survive for the next day right that was it he didn't have to take care of a kid mm -hmm. didn't have to take care of a wife didn't have to uphold his christian things mm -hmm. so it was so when i think when i come to i'm a place of badness i come from a sex offender mm -hmm. and even though it wasn't rape even though it wasn't any of that stuff it's still under the sex offense which is so really interesting because, like, he wasn't doing it to be a sex offender. Like, it's, again, we've got this blanket term mm -hmm. that's not covering what actually happened. Right, yeah. He was, that's that's really interesting because he was dealing with his stress in and a very depression. unhealthy way. And depression. Absolutely. Um, because Chronic probably depression. probably he had been blocking Oh, yeah. For, you know, he blocks those emotions, mm -hmm. blocks and blocks and blocks them. And that's the problem with us blockers is it comes out somewhere, right? That's an extreme example. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, kids. Right. Um, exactly. But so, it does, it will manifest in some way. It's really unhealthy. Yeah. And I think in 2020, we all started seeing a lot of that side of us mm -hmm. that we haven't dealt with. And so we do X, Y, and Z for you is going for the bottle in a way. Yeah, and for not me, in a way. <laughs> it is just like, huh, well, this is a weird emotion. I should have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> right? And for me, it was just like delaying the feeling, delaying the feeling until finally having a huge outburst and just mm -hmm. being basically handicapped for two weeks. Yeah. You know, so it all comes in manifests in different ways. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in 2020 did, started doing better, but they had to go through about depression first. Like, you know, my sister, she went through about a month of drinking. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like a completely different person and she's thriving. Yeah. But some people, they actually went back into addictions. Do you know... Um, what, ha like, was there a transition for her, like going through that month? Because for me, it was like a physical change. Mm -hmm. Like my body was unhealthy. Right. I was sluggish. I couldn't think straight. Um, so I knew I was like, I need to change something. Like I have to do something extreme. So I took my fast. Mm -hmm. Um, it took a, I was trying to go for a 21 day fast and I took a, what I get 14 days, something like that. Yeah, it was 14 I think weeks. it was 14. Yeah. Um, just to flush everything out, right? Because I knew there was something going on, but I didn't necessarily identify it as depression. Right. I just knew I was like stuck in this unhealthy habit. For Which, years. you know, depression can manifest into literally tangible things. Yes. Like weight, like, mm -hmm. you know, trash all over the house. Yeah. <laughs> and not cleaning it. Totally. Or having, for me, it was like literally having two weeks of dishes in the dishwasher and it started to smell. Which, coming down to getting rid of distractions, you asked, how did my sister switch? I mean, right. and I'm curious because I spent a couple months drinking, but I had a switch. 
So I'm curious, did she have like a pinnacle point or what was there a thing? I don't know the exact moment for her, but I remember we were, you know, the beginning of COVID, she works in bookkeeping at an auto dealership. So she was out of a job for a whole month. And then they were bringing some people in, but not her because she was, I guess, low priority in terms of essential employees. And um, so it wasn't, she was out of work for basically two whole months before they even brought her back in part time. Yeah. So a whole month, she's pretty much drinking. She's very much of an uh, extrovert. She needs to be around people, touch people. So this was really hard for her. Yeah. And she's got her own demons. And so for a whole month, she just, you know, drank. <laughs> but we would Zoom, you know, our family would Zoom together and she seemed okay. Like she's, you know, she was transparent in a lot of things. Yeah. But she didn't want to talk about the drinking because her own father, because we're not blood related, mm-hmm. her own father um, had a drinking issue. Okay. And so that was something she didn't really want to dive into with our family because right. we have uh, alcohols in our family too. So it came to a point where she was like, well, I am all by myself and I have to work with my own inner demons without being distracted with work, the gym and this mm-hmm. and being busy and all this. Cause she's, I'm like, you have a nine to five job and you go to the gym. Do you do anything else? She's like, I can't do anything else. She just can't. Yeah. She has no time. Yeah. And so, um, for me, I'm like, I feel like I have all the time in the world. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. So yeah. she had no distractions. It was just her in her own studio apartment, like you, right? Mm-hmm. You were all by yourself. What are you going to do? So she was like, I'm not going to attack my inner demons. Yeah. And she has had a past of really, you know, how do I continue on with life? Mm-hmm. And so with, you know, her being by herself, she was terrified of herself. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, she was like, I can either continue being terrified with myself. And she did have someone with her that kind of helped coach her through this stuff. Okay. So that was good. And um, so she just, one day she was like, I can either continue drinking and maybe not be here for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. or I can keep going and make time to finally get out of Philadelphia, this job and this situation that she continues to not like, but never pull the trigger. Right. Now she's moving to Colorado. Is she really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, in cool. May. So she'll be here in May. So she was like, I just need a change. And so she just took a drastic step. It took no longer having the distractions Yeah. to say, I need this. I need this. I'm no longer going to do this. And I have to get out of this environment. That's just Mm. toxic for me. Yeah. And I think that's key too with COVID. It really tells you which environments are toxic for you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) you know, if you get away from the job, now you can say that's a toxic environment. I no longer need it. Or maybe now Mm. you're at home and you're like, this is a toxic environment. I never want to come back here. Right. You know, so it just kind of depends on where you're at. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And so I would say like, we all talk about drinking as like, it's this bad thing, which I did quit drinking for 2021. Anyway, just to prove I'm not actually an alcoholic. (laughs) I am. Who knows? Semi. You're working your way. (laughs) Yeah, but it is a progression, right? So it does get harder and harder. So I'm just taking the whole year off. Um. So, but when when inebriated, I think it does slow the mind down. At least for me, especially, and it lets me see different. It gives me a different perspective of my entire life. Right. And then also sometimes when you sober up the next day, you look back through those text messages you sent and you're like, I always knew if he was drinking based off of how many messages he would send me. It was so funny. So, 
So I think it's, I think 2021 is, you know, and it's not this whole new year's resolution idea. It's just a way for you to say, this is my start date that you can track because who's saying, I think May 12th at three o'clock PM, I will begin my new year resolution or my mid year resolution. No one, you know, your brain just has to go with rounded numbers. Yeah. And so I don't ever say don't have new year's resolutions, but I'm always mm-hmm. like, I think pick a date that works well for you. And new year tends to be that date for most people. Yeah. So I think it's cool that you're just like, I'm going to take a whole year off from drinking. Cause I learned in 2020, mm-hmm. I depend on it a little bit. On drinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gets, you mentioned before it gets you to go to sleep. Oh, me? Yeah. It gets you to relax. Oh yeah. All those things to escape. Right. Yeah. And cause I depend on, um, state changes, mm-hmm. um, whether it's essential oils, whether it's alcohol, alcohol is just a really easy one because, um, I was talking to my friend who's, uh, he's a doctor and he's really deep into how different chemicals affect the body. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is actually a really messy drug because it does so many different things in the body. Yeah. Um, so I use it to, yeah, to fall asleep or to reduce stress or to increase energy mm-hmm. or to uh, accentuate excitement because it does all these different things. Uh, but that's like, yeah. Did you, you played sports in high school, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like the trainers, you'd break your leg and they just put ice on it. Like they would just put ice on everything. Yeah. And they wouldn't actually fix anything. Okay. They're just like, oh, go ice it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually fix anything. So instead of dealing with the thing that I need to deal with, whether it's figuring out how to fall asleep effectively or have more fun at a party because I'm socially anxious, um, it's just a, it's a unhealthy way to fix that. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a band-aid. A band-aid. That ends up killing you later in life if you continue to use it. Yeah. Um, Same with drugs. Same with, you know, all sorts, even working out. A lot of mm-hmm. people use working out as a coping mechanism. Yeah. So I'm all about movement. I'm all about working mm-hmm. out, being healthy for for yourself. Go for it. I do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have not really in the last few years, mm-hmm. but I used to. Um, Actually, it was a couple years ago. I was listening to either a Facebook Live or podcast or uh, like something of yours, an interview maybe. Mm-hmm. And you said... You were like, when you're trying to build your business, Uh think about like how you're spending your time. Do you really need to spend three hours at the gym? Are you a professional bodybuilder? Do you need to be there three hours? And I was like, fuck. (laughs) Because I would. I would go, I would sit in the sauna. Mm -hmm. I would go run. Then I would lift weights. Then I would sit in the sauna. And it was like three to four hours of being there. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to, I'm not a, you know, I was fit. Were you using it as coping or were you training for a Spartan race? Like, you know, I, even if it's three hours at the gym, like I, I know influencers who literally Mm -hmm. spend three hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Sauna, you know, all that jazz, which it's like, that's fine. But if you're, again, it's like, you can use anything to be a distraction. Yeah. But is it getting in the way of what else you want to do in your life? Exactly. Because I have a good friend, Mm -hmm. love her to death. And she knows (laughs) that she's got uh, an addiction and a way to distract by going to the gym. It is mental Mm -hmm. therapy for her. It is for lots of people, including myself, which is great. Yeah. But again, three hours a day. And it's like, okay, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there comes a point where it's like, are you spending three hours a day on the television? Are you spending three hours a day mm-hmm. on the phone, driving even? It's going to be a great way to escape. Yeah. Um, like for you. <laughs> yeah, we talk about that in another podcast. It's like late to everything because he's meditating in the car. Um, it can be it can be literally anything. Food, yeah. you know, you name it. And so it's like, how much time are you spending in something. And I think again, 2020 really showed us those habits that we've developed as a way to escape our life. There was a TikTok video that I also quoted on Facebook just yesterday. So forgive me if I don't get it right. But it was something along the lines of, you know, like bubble baths. Like they say, bubble baths are self-care. You know, just as the example. But like bubble baths are self-care. It's like, yes, but Self-care is about doing the hard work on yourself so that you don't always have to do the bubble bath to escape. It was about building a lifestyle yeah. where you don't have to escape. Right. Because bubble baths are a great way to escape. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's part of self-care. Mm-hmm. It can be, but mm-hmm. it also cannot. Yeah. And so it's like, it's really, again, relevant to each person. So let's bring it back to depression because mm-hmm. that's the, the key here. How do you know if you're... Because you, what you did was pretty interesting. You just sat in your depression and you're like, I'm depressed and I'm going to ride this depressed wave. Because normally I would avoid it. So I yeah. said I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually feel shit. So how do we know if we're avoiding depression or like just wallowing in self-pity? <laughs> like how do we know if we're dealing or just wallowing? I think it's the That's attention. a good question. The intention, yeah. for sure. Because mm-hmm. I have family members that I can think of and they know who they are. <laughs> where they haven't dealt with shit for 60 years. Yeah. And no, no joke, 60 years, they haven't mm-hmm. dealt with stuff and their life is not great. Mm-hmm. And they know that. And now they're dealing with health issues because of it. Yeah. Right. So the intention of wallowing in your pity is, are you looking for a pity fest mm-hmm. or are you looking to actually get through this? My intention was to get through it. That's the other side. Um, and I forget what it is, but it's like a trauma repeater. You're in mm-hmm. a trauma repetition. Yeah. Cycle. Um, where people like we block, they just wallow yeah, and they'll just like repeat it and run it over in their mind over and over and where you did that, but you were using it to get through intentionally. Mm-hmm. So, I was just like, well, for me, I don't cry mm-hmm. like ever. Yeah. <laughs> that, me neither. I don't think we should have done that. <laughs> that's not something to just bump. <laughs> um, but like, I don't, I don't cry. And that's because I had to be the perfect kid. I had to be the independent. I had to be strong. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I had to survive through a marriage with medical crisis and like all this stuff that led me to be like, I don't have time to cry. So I won't. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just deal with it in a logical way. Okay. And so I really fall back into logic and all that crap, which I'm very good at. Yeah. But I'm not good about getting into my own feels and just crying it out and writing it out and all that stuff. So I tend to have these outbursts of just cry fests. And that's fine, again, how we all huh. process differently. Um, but I was like, instead of blocking <laughs> all this and trying to do it logically, I'm just going to get into my feels and no one's going to interrupt me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot this year. I'm not going to lie. And be like stupid stuff would set me off. Right. Like watching The Walking Dead. You read a meme and you're like, ah! Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. tear up. And it's like, that's that was abnormal for me, right? So it's like, but I didn't realize that it was coming from because I'm in this like depressive state. Right. I was just like, Walking Dead, it's, it's, she just, it was such a serious 
She exploded herself? <laughs> I was like, she killed that zombie. Oh, so There's some really intense scenes. And they have to do... What? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen The Walking Dead? I know. <laughs> Everyone's always like, what? What's one thing you want to do differently in 2021, considering knowing what you've learned with depression and all those things in 2020? So I want to learn the language of depression because that, to me, when you have the words to describe something, mm -hmm. then it can be understood and then it can be dealt with. Right. And then especially if everyone has the words to talk about it instead of just saying, I'm depressed. Like that's such an all-encompassing thing, right? Like it doesn't even, even cover de acute depression or chronic depression. Like those are so severely different. Um, and I can't even imagine like what it's like to live with chronic depression. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I'm going to do is go into the language and figure out what like the different phys like emotional physiological, uh, situations are. Yeah. Well, I think that helps you again, be able to have awareness This is mm -hmm. where you're at through mm -hmm. 2021 and moving forward Yeah. so that you can be like, Oh yeah, I am depressed. Yeah. This is the language behind it. Now I can find a way to move through it. Absolutely. Because right? you don't know where you're going unless you know where you're at. And connect with other people who are in that exact same state. Right. Right. Have Not depression just, parties. Like, well, like yeah. the, the specific <laughs> part of depression. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, but I don't have the words to describe it. Right. You know, because mm -hmm. then you can relate like, oh yeah, I'm in blah, blah, blah state, which maybe we'll do a different episode later once we've learned about this Probably, and we yeah. can talk yeah. about it with everyone because i'm like what's there's different states i don't know I, yeah <laughs> maybe i need to look up these words too exactly um what about yourself so you know for me because of a lot of the realization that i was able to feel into mm -hmm. and i know i wouldn't have gotten to that unless i did so i'm yeah. so grateful that i had two weeks of just shit <laughs> and then yeah. have that session because it really did bring a lot of light to how I can navigate into the future. Because once you know what it is that's blocking you, mm -hmm. then you're able to really overcome that. And I had a lot of information, but it just wasn't that specific piece that was missing for me to really move forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about 2021 to move forward and things that I felt like I didn't deserve, want, or could have. Ooh. Like a yeah. boot. <laughs> like a boat and sailing wherever I want and filming what I want. Um, okay. So that's definitely something I'm excited to really fulfill finally after, I guess you could say, what do you call it? What do you call that? The not abs abstinence? Trauma abstaining. Yeah. Abstaining. Abstaining yeah. myself from really living that life. Yeah. And so I'm excited to move forward in that space. And I'm sure I'm going to have hiccups because I'm going to be like, no, I don't deserve it. But <laughs> I'm excited to really move forward knowing a lot of this information. Um, <laughs> Thanks for watching the I Don't Know What the Fuck I'm Doing podcast. And whoever you are, you're my favorite person. That's going to be a thing now. Okay. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> a thing. <laughs>